Hey folks, I've been wanting to have a conversation with today's guest for quite some time, but <laughs> no, we keep missing each other. Today, just about, we are finally in the same Zoom room as each other. Now, Nick <laughs> is also one of the contributors for the World's Shortest Video Summit, but she has what I think is like the most amazing job. So first of all, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit more about your background. Yeah, nice to finally get you. <laughs> get us together it's been ages hasn't it uh, yeah my name's nick nick redmond and i am a voiceover artist and a spoken voice and accent coach working primarily with people who work on microphones so podcasters voiceover artists narrators comedians presenters broadcasters that kind of thing so i am essentially a fully fledged voice geek whether it's using my voice to record my own podcasts or voiceovers for uh, various things. If you nip into any shop in Ireland, you'll probably hear my dulcet tones talking to you and stop selling you something or if, whether it's helping people with voice as well. So yeah, I just love everything to do with the voice. It's, uh, it's really my bag. <laughs> the interesting thing is that isn't where you started. It was something that had a very particular draw to take you into it. Yeah, so I trained as an actor originally and I worked a little bit in musical theatre in the West End and things and I was fine but I wasn't, didn't feel as fulfilled as I thought I was going to be and then some point somewhere a person was like, come here, you're Irish, I need this Irish voice for this voiceover, come to this place in West London and we'll give you like 300 quid for an hour and I was like, pardon? <laughs> like I was working on the fringe or like you know, the little toe of the West End. So that was a lot of money for me. So I was like, yeah, great. So I went along and I did this voiceover. That was the first one I did. And I, it was just the most liberating, wonderful thing. You know, I'd spent the early parts of my career and my entire life aiming for a career in musical theatre. And then I got there and there were various aesthetic and visual things that were impacting the success I was able to have. You know, it was either my voice was right, but my body wasn't, or my look was right, but my voice wasn't, or, you know, there were these things getting in the way. And, and then I stepped behind a microphone and all of a sudden nobody gave a flying fiddlers about anything to do with my aesthetic. And I was like, OK, this is exciting. And that's when I got my first, I think, little sort of insight into the potential and the exciting thing about us as humans is that our voice has the potential to to take us anywhere, to help us portray all this emotion or our, you know, our messages or our stories, our impact, help us form relationships, help us debate, help us be other people. You know, if you're if you're a narrator for an audiobook or you're playing a character in a video game, I was just really enthralled and excited by the potential that the human voice gives you if you're privileged enough to have one and a platform on which to use it. So I sort of diddled around in voiceover and I was also doing stand up comedy as well. So I was doing like stand up in the evening and voiceover in the day. And then I just got a little bit obsessed with the human voice. So I went back to the drama school that I trained at as a performer and they have a master's degree in vocal uh, voice studies or vocal pedagogy. So I did a whole year of intensive, crazy learning about the vocal anatomy, how to teach voice, how to teach accents, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that was like the final little sort of piece in my puzzle. So for the last seven or eight years, I spent half of my time in my little padded cell <laughs> in my office recording myself as well as my two podcasts and my voiceovers and then the rest of it helping other people with their speaking. So yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. Just sort of as a side note, so doing the voiceovers and you're saying about teaching accents and things, 
Is it more difficult for people that have got a fairly strong accent to then take on a different accent? Or does it not make any difference? Theoretically, it doesn't really make a difference because a strong accent to the user is not a strong accent. It's there. It's just their sound. So it's not alien to them. It's more about your ability to hear, your ability to feel what's happening and your ability to adapt and change and how much you get to know your instrument. I think the keys to learning accents and for me, I don't teach as much accent anymore, but when I did, it was just for people who are performers. So I'm not an advocate of changing your accent for corporate or presenting reasons. For me, it's never the accent that's the problem. That's a soapbox we won't get on now because I know some people have, you know, horrific problems with how they sound because other people rudely tell them things. But for me, it's about understanding that you can make there's loads of potential for making and it's just about exploring all those signs that have been dormant in it on us for so long, you know, because we learn to speak one way when we're born, you know, because we know the signs that start to get us things. And when we're born, we have the potential to make all of the signs, insane amounts of signs. And then you learn that mama gets you your mom and dad gets you your dad and snack gets you food and you learn not to go you learn not to do that anymore because nobody gets you anything <laughs> so those drop out so it's just about exploring understanding you can have a bit of fun and it's about feeling it hearing it seeing it there's lots of different ways in so it's different for everybody really i think that's absolutely fascinating because the voice is one of the real big stumbling blocks for people presenting on camera that they don't like their accent and they don't like how mm. they sound and so they just won't even try it's I've been at almost the sort of cold face if you will of people coming and saying oh, somebody said my accent makes me sound stupid can you help me lose it so that I can do my Instagram lives or I was told my accent is lazy and I don't want to sound like that when I do my podcast can you help me change my accent uh, so a lot of the work I do because I still get people coming to me for that. And I always say, if you, look, there are people out there who do accent softening and accent reduction. And in certain cases, it might be beneficial. But for me, it's more about learning more about your accent and how much of you, a part of you, it represents and on sort of embracing that exciting element of the fact that that is like the only completely original thing you have is how you sound like that to me is exciting and that is a superpower so i work a lot with people on the psychology behind how they sound why they might sound that way how they can use that to their advantage or how they can adapt certain elements of their speech or their presenting style to get the most out of their accent and their voice rather than feel like they have to change it because the truth of it Lee, is it's really hard <laughs> it's really it's fine in some ways, because if you're a performer for a role, because you're becoming a completely different person. But if you're presenting or recording a podcast or being on a video or presenting to video or to camera, you need to be as much you as you can. And there's so much going on. You know, if you've got the cameras and the sound guy, and maybe it's live on the street or maybe it's Vox Pops and there's all this stuff going on. The last thing you want to be thinking is, oh, I need to say face instead of face. Like, it's just another thing to put a sort of barrier between you and the listener and you and the audience. So, yeah, I'm a big advocate for loud and proud because <laughs> obviously my accent is quite strong anyway. I think it's a great accent. I love it. Me too. I love it. I love it. Love it. <laughs> so 
why did you decide to take part in the video summit? So as a, a vocal coach, you're not a videographer as such. So why get involved? Well, video does play a reasonably large part of my world now, whether it's an Instagram reel and talking to camera. That is like a, a tiny bit of, you know, video presenting that you have to get used to working into your world. And the other thing I've been doing recently is a lot of little snippets of video exercises for a, a, a I made a product. <laughs> I developed a product for my clients. It's a card deck of voice warm-ups. It's called the voice deck. I'm really proud of it. But each card, the exercises are all on my website and I had to film them. <laughs> and like, I'd gone from being someone who is like stage and absolutely fine, you know, in front of people to someone who was like in a box and nobody ever saw them. So I have been trying to get my confidence back on camera. I'm fine with my voice, but, you know, getting used to being on camera and presenting and sharing what I have to share in a recorded way that feels me and authentic and open, like it's a skill. And every time you do it, you practice, no matter how good you get. You know, you can always be better. So I thought it was just an interesting little challenge. I was like, what could I give <clears throat> that's um, 60 seconds, you know, because I love speaking. I could I wax on lyrical for, you know, hours. God love anyone who corners me in a dinner party. <laughs> I'll chat for ages of my voice. Oh, what do you do? Well, let me tell you what I do. Um, so I just thought 60 seconds, that's interesting. So I think it was a bit of challenge, a bit of practice and reaching another audience let's be honest you know absolutely and i think for me it's been really interesting to see how people have taken on the challenge because mm. giving you tip in 60 seconds is actually really hard yeah, to, to be concise and, and some of the people spoke at like four or five words a second they just wellied it as fast as they possibly could <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the best approach how is it that you actually managed to pull off giving your tip in 60 seconds? So I definitely scripted it. I scripted it and then reduced it and reduced it and reduced it and reduced it. Because sometimes with voice, it's easy for me to go, okay, so just do the lip trill. And then you're like, well, the people might not even know what a lip trill is. So that could have to sort of go back a few steps. So it was about getting it uh, layman's terms as much as possible and choosing a an exercise that I knew was really, really useful, very, very quick and reasonably simple for people to do. So yeah, I think I just scripted it, practiced it. And I'm pretty sure I recorded it in little bits and edited it together. I much prefer not, I much prefer riffing and doing it in one go rather than snap 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 but for the 60 seconds it had to literally be word for word you know when i do my own stuff i'll i'm really happy and comfortable sort of improv talking doesn't bother me at all and you know i'm quite good at going off and finding my way back and and that kind of skill but with this like scripted 60 seconds i thought no i i can't like i can't go off script because one word is an extra like half a second or whatever so yeah i scripted it i practiced it i paired it right back to the simple of the simple just so it was really easy so i don't i what i like to think is people got to the end and going oh yeah they didn't get to the end going i can sort of see where she's going but she didn't quite explain this word or that word or you know yeah, I think you nailed it. It was really good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so be honest, how many takes did you did you have to get there? 
Um, I can't quite remember because quite a long time ago, but I'm, I think I probably tried a couple of times without editing. So I probably tried a couple of times start to finish and was like, that's oh, too long. And then I think I went to snippets and then I just did a couple of takes of each probably. I'm very good at not being a perfectionist. And I think that comes from going live on Instagram quite a bit or in my Facebook groups and stuff. I've got a Facebook group called the Voice and Accent Hub and it's just a load of voicey advice from me really. And I do free warm ups and a few bits and bobs in there as well. And I go live there all the time. And I, as somebody said to me once, you know, don't set yourself up that you need to be like looking perfect and in the perfect environment and beautifully made up and feeling all lovely. Just bloody do it. Just bloody do it. And I think I think I was looking at it going, you know, I could look better or that could be, I tripped up on that word and that could be this, but I thought, you know what, it is what it is. And if I was aiming for perfect, I'd never get there. So I think I tried to look at it through um, objective lens. Is the exercise coming across? Does it sound like I know what I'm talking about? Do I look okay? <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. So like we say, there's only so much you can fit into a minute. Is there anything you didn't get to say in that 60 seconds, maybe a pro tip that you'd want to give the audience here? I think probably with the exercise I gave, because it was a lip trill, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that the interesting thing about that exercise is some people find it quite hard and that can be frustrating and off-putting. And I'm pretty sure I gave a little so you can brace with your fingers. But the other thing actually as a caveat to that is that if you really can't do that exercise, there's other lovely versions of var variations with different sounds that some people find easier that give the same effect in the vocal tract or give the same outcome. So I think if I was given an extra 60, I would have said, and if you really can't lip trill, <laughs> do it with a puffy TH, do it with a puffy do it with a puffy do it with a raspberry. I probably just would have given lots of options because one of the things with voice that I love is the accessibility of it and it's not like this is the only thing and if you don't do this we will never get a good voice you know it's about understanding that we're humans more so these days you know it's about understanding that people have different anatomy people have like different breath different bodies and that different exercises work better for people so it would just be giving a few options I think that's amazing thank you so you're a content creator Yes. As well as a coach. How <laughs> do you market yourself and your business? So I have Instagram, which I like and, you know, reasonably loyal and engaged following on that. And my approach with Instagram again is it's not going to be perfect. Just put it out there. As long as my knowledge is intact and, you know, I'm saying the right words that are the right piece of equipment then or the right bit of your voice then that's fine i also have facebook groups which i love so i have one big one like i said the voice and accent hub which anybody who's interested in voice training can come to and that's completely free and i love that and then i have another little group for people who've invested something in me so if they've bought one of my downloadable courses for example or they've come on a retreat with me or they've done one of my online courses then they can come in there and it does a few extra little bits and bobs in there and they get some things a little bit 
sooner you know as a little bonus but recently i've started a newsletter as well which i'm really loving and that's a really nice way to engage with people so that's just every couple of weeks i'll send out my podcast episode which is another thing that i do to market my business which i love um so i have two podcasts one's called the voice coach podcast and that's a little little 10 15 minutes every other week now of a little bit of voice training and spoken voice training not singing and then my other podcast is called the voiceover social podcast and that's specifically for the voiceover industry and that's slightly longer sort of magazine style show once a month with lots of interviews and a bit of crack and it's good fun so i have those and i send out my newsletter every couple of weeks with a book recommendation or a course i've got going on or an interesting quote that i find or a little you know voice tip or voice exercise and it's just a really nice way of, of reaching people i was really reluctant to that but i actually get lots of people saying oh yeah lovely that's interesting thanks for sending that so <laughs> i do quite like the newsletter too that's really interesting so you you not all your eggs are in one basket it's not just Facebook, for example, you're on different no. social medias and for a voice person, you're actually doing written word as well. Yeah, because, you know, different people are in different places. And the truth of it is, like, it, I could get locked out of my Facebook account for some arbitrary reason at any point or my Instagram could get hacked or whatever. And, you know, I have a, a, a mailing list of you know, like a decent amount of people who are interested in hearing what I have to say or what I have to offer. So it makes a lot of sense to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's really important to have other methods like social media is crucial for me. And the ease of which you can create video and show up virtually is key, really key for me. And I find that really exciting. But at any point, anything could happen to Meta or Facebook or whatever it is. And email's probably always going to be there <laughs> in some form. Yeah. So I do think it's important, yeah, not to stick all your eggs in one basket. Agreed. So we've said that video is quite a large part of your business. How did you actually decide to make that journey into doing video from voice? I think it was mainly i think the first time i utilized visual communication was probably facebook lives so i decided i wanted to grow my business and a, a person i was working with suggested just going live on my facebook page and doing like a little voice tip every couple of days i was like sorry no no i'm sorry so you just want me to just like press live and be like hello here's a voice exercise like that's insane and they were like, just give it a go. So I, and then use that video and pop it on YouTube or blah, blah, you know, have that somewhere that people can find. And I was like, oh God, but doesn't it need to be perfect? And don't I need this amazing lighting? And don't I need this equipment and that equipment? I'm lucky because I have a decent microphone and a decent space from the voice stuff. So, so that was one hurdle I, I, I didn't have to, to get over, but I was absolutely terrified. Like, but it was Facebook really at Facebook lives. So, um, they suggested setting up a secret Facebook group with only me in it and practice going live in there just so you know what it feels like. Uh, but I did it because it was another way of making content. And also at the time, although this always always seems to change, the algorithm <laughs> seemed to like lives and video. And it did help me grow the likes on my page, which therefore helped me grow my mailing list a little bit and my Facebook group a little bit and that kind of thing. And then once I 
got used to the lives on my page I started doing them in my group a bit more and and I loved that and the truth of it is the pandemic really pushed me into being on screen a bit more because I went from being a face-to-face people coming to my studio for sessions to that not being able to happen so I ended up working a lot more internationally online and you have to be on video then so it was I kind of made peace with my face and video as a medium but probably because of the pandemic so it was Facebook lives on my page then it was on my in my group in the safety of my group and then it was Instagram lives and reels and video tips and that kind of thing sort of spiraled out of control from from there I think the the quote of the whole podcast has to be I made peace with my face (laughs) (laughs) you have to though don't you yeah there's an element of desensitizing to to watching yourself back oh my god over that cringiness because we all have it yeah and And honestly zoom helped me with that because I didn't realize you could hide your own face (laughs) for ages so I just always had myself in the in the top and actually for for voice sessions sometimes when I'm modeling a particular exercise I need to see my face so if I'm supposed to be going like that, but I'm actually going, you know, and it's too big or whatever, I need to know that I'm doing it right. So I spent a lot of time looking at my face on Zoom sessions, coaching people, doing silly faces because a lot of voice work and, you know, warming up and stuff is stupid faces. So I made peace with the elasticity of my face and certain elements, features of my face that I was probably, you know, slightly more paranoid about as we all are. And yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, c'est la vie. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> c'est la visage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're only one you've got, so you better get used to it. Yeah, exactly. It's not going anywhere. Oh, that's it. So I have a couple of fun questions just to finish off with. So say you're at a business convention. Who would you be most excited to meet? Do they have to be alive? Can this, is this like one of those dinner party no. questions? No, no, we, we've had deceased people before and, you know, it's fine. So I had the great honour of working a couple of times very briefly with one of the the stalwarts of our industry, a lady called Cicely Berry. And she kind of, in many ways, pioneered the role of voice coach, you know, that was so, and did some remarkable things and wrote some amazing books. And I worked with her a little bit in her latter years. She was working until she was late nineties. Um, but I would love to have, you know, even at that age, she was formidable and a remarkable woman. You know, I was like in down at the Royal Shakespeare Company with her like swearing at me and throwing monologues at me and her telling me to run across the floor. And you know, like, she's just the most amazing practitioner. And I'd loved, I'd love to have been able to have a real proper chat with her. And uh, when she was in her younger years and had even more of that like vim and vigor and like effort passion for for freeing voice and using your voice and understanding why your voice is how it is so i think it would definitely have to be sis sis Cicely Berry. brilliant so i yeah. would love to know what is your favorite film okay i have two films that i could rewatch over and over and over again for very different reasons they're definitely at opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> in terms of genre but I am a big Pretty Woman fan, <laughs> even though rewatching it, I'm not 100% sure I like the idea of the age difference between the two actors playing those roles. Like she was, what, 21 and he was like 44 or something. 
feels a bit weird. Anyway, I just love it. I love it as a film. And the other end of the spectrum, very dark, violent comedy in Bruges <laughs> with Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleeson. I absolutely love the writing and it is amazing. And it's Irish accents. So, you know, I always gets the vote. And then recently I saw a film that my husband dragged me to see and I was like, oh God, here we go. I had subtitles or something. I was like, oh no. Oh God, I'm going to fall asleep. But we were absolutely enthralled from start to finish in complete bits by the end of it, like gut-wrenching. And that's a film called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it was supposed to go straight to video, I think, but then it did so well at the, like, did the rounds at the film festivals and everyone was like, this film's amazing. So then they pushed it to cinema. And honestly, it was really low budget, but it was just the most amazing film. It was just amazing. So Everything Everywhere All at Once, I would really really recommend watching that so i like that from a favorite film we now have three recommendations yeah sorry <laughs> no don't be right, typically great. me that's why the 60 second tip was so hard <laughs> i love asking people about films though because it's all different everybody always comes mm. up with something different it's not the same old same old which is great and my husband's a big film buff like he loves watching films and he loves cinema and telly and things so yeah we have to watch a lot of <laughs> a lot of films oh Finally, how would you like the audience to connect with you? Everything you possibly need about me is on my website, nickrebbenvoice.com. You can join my mailing list, that, or like my newsletter. Put yourself on my list for the newsletter, or you can listen to the podcast there, all that kind of stuff. But if you want like the fun, silly side of me and the voice exercises and tips and stuff, then head to Instagram. So I'm at nickredvoice. I love your Instagram. I don't oh, follow a huge you. amount on the Instagram, but I do I do follow you and I do like it Thanks. because there's a lot of value in it. But it's always quite lighthearted as well. Yeah, that's what that's it's basically a nugget representation of what you get when you get coached with me, I think. Lots of like value and intelligence, I promise, but it does through a lens of like egotry. <laughs> Isn't that life? I hope so. It is my life. <laughs> it is my life, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation today. You're I'm welcome. so glad that we got there in the end. Finally, yes. Thank you. For the world's shortest video summit, definitely worth checking out. There's 40 speakers in total with some excellent tips on all aspects of video, including lit drills. And even if you don't <laughs> like one particular tip, you've only wasted 60 seconds. You can sign up for the summits by going to www.worldshortestvideosummit.com. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads, head over to the Video Production Academy at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon.